0: You are listening to the shoulder tap podcast i'm your host mike salen of cape fear men and on the shoulder tap podcast we speak to leaders in men's ministries to help men grow spiritually and help leaders and pastors reach men in today's culture discussing issues men face daily it is a program where a men's ministry leader interviews leaders in men's ministry and we also enjoy uh giving the everyday man a of our churches a chance to tell their story about their walk with Christ. And I got one of those guys with me today, and his name is Brian Battle. Brian, appreciate you being with me, man. My pleasure, Mike. Yeah, let me tell you a little something about Brian before we get started. Brian is actually a native of South Texas. Uh, He went to college in St. Louis, and upon graduation he decided to move to boston i don't know how a man from south texas ends up in boston maybe he'll tell us a little bit but at some point he had a winter fatigue which drove him and his family to north carolina in 2014 and at that time the lord began to reopen the door to men's discipleship uh, with him and it has grown uh a work that has grown slowly ever since And Brian used to think of the Lord's connection across his life as thin threads, as being so coincidental and fragile, but he has come to see them as a sturdy, even a thin steel cable, indestructible connections growing his path for him as he obeys and let Jesus grow deeper. Maybe he'll explain those thin threads and thin steel cables uh, here at some point, but Brian, I hope you will at some point uh, in that life. But I want to ask you a question first uh, that sure. I like a lot of my guests, and that is, what do you consider your favorite verse? And maybe you've got two or three, but which one do you really pull out of? And uh, and why is that? Why is that your favorite verse?
1: Well, you you nailed me there because I I I've got three uh, that I was going to talk about. Maybe we'll come back to them. The The verse that I consider my life verse, I'll go with that one. The other two are more recent, um, is Romans 5, 1 through 5. And it is so uh, because a man helped me to understand uh, what Paul, some of what Paul was getting at there. I was a young dad. I was frustrated because after what seemed like hundreds, if not a thousand times, my children are only three and four they were not picking up their socks. And I, (laughs) um, was, I was concerned. I wasn't making it as a dad. And, uh, either I forget if I called this fella, good friend, Doug, or if he called me just, just by chance. And, um, and, and I, I shared with him about the socks, but you know, like, and I talk about the socks, but it, it really was, it was nice because Doug didn't didn't he understood it went deeper. So he took me into Romans five one through five, and uh, I won't read it all, but but because it, it's a wonderful passage where Paul talks about that. Um, he at the end of four, he's getting to Abraham's faith and and God calling him. Mm-hmm. So so he jumps right into that that we have the call, and when we the the, the faith we have is a gift. And the faith uh, introduces us to the, and this is a wonderful passage, the grace in which we stand. So we're introduced into this grace in which we stand because of Jesus Christ uh, is our Savior. Uh, Well, there's just so much there. So part of the call is that we, is that we, we get we have, com- we're compelled to do something like, like the small example. I was compelled to to teach my children to pick up after themselves and it went much bigger than that, but you know, they're always young and thinking I'm already failing when they're three and four, I, I'm not going to make it. And so we're compelled to do something. Uh, we work at it. We encounter tribulations and, 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 and we persevere through the tribulations because of the compelling inside of us and we develop character, and in developing character, we come to a hope that is born of the spirit within us, and the perseverance, and the character, so so it, it's this double gift of hope, because we start with a hope, we work through it, and we end up with a hope, and all of it comes from God, and this is what, what Doug pointed out, he said, because the verse five, I think, this hope does not disappoint, because it's from God, so, so God plants something in me, I do what I do with it, <laughs> good or not. But I I work on it, and it grows me, and and the hope and more hope is reinforced. But it's from God, and He doesn't right. let it He doesn't let it quit. And and so there was one thing. So, so Doug gave me great hope in that. And the other thing he pointed out, he said, Brian, you're not being a dad. And this verse isn't about what they're going to do tomorrow or next week. You know that'll be nice when they obey you in the short term. But you're you're their dad for what they're going to do in their 20s and beyond. So he mm. expanded my horizon and he gave me uh, the the hope of God in doing that. That it wasn't just my labors; it was something that God had put on my heart, and that has come back to apply in so many ways. My kids are now uh, well one's 20 year old, 20s old, and the other is is 19, and and uh, it's always a joy to watch them them growing. But it's applied in marriage, talking to men, and walking with men, and and it is a beautiful passage because it it begins and ends with what God does in us, and in the middle is is us listening and answering His call.
0: Amen. Amen. Yeah, that's that's so important about us answering His call. So many of us go through life and not realizing God's calling us to a particular ministry in our walk with him and, and, uh, men struggle with that. So, so much. And so do, well, let me ask you another question. Um, sure. Obviously, obviously you've known the Lord for quite some time, but what's your story there? How did you, how did you come to Christ and, and, uh, how did how did God capture your heart? Well, that's
1: a, that's a, a good phrase you got there. Um, and, and I, 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 I can give a lot of hope to people because, um, I won't go into all the details, and I'm not going to gloss over anything. I'm going to summarize. Right. Uh, we uh, we we grew up. Uh, my parents had a particular faith, and they they tried to raise us in it, so to speak. Uh, there were some some bumps and some hitches. They divorced when when uh, I was nine. In the subsequent years, oh, my family got in. Some of my siblings got into, I'm the second of six kids. Got into some drug abuse and there was emotional abuse. Uh, my mom married a man who was an alcoholic uh, and we, we were uh, in her custody. So we lived with him and, and just the, the, the trail was, it was, it was gnarly. And looking back, I realized I'd, I'd recognized that in my teens, every time I talked about someone believing a God, it didn't, it didn't seem bigger than a human, it seemed like made by mm-hmm. humans. And mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't like humans kept doing stuff that were messing up and I wasn't going to have anything to do with any of their gods. Mm -hmm. So I was an atheist, wasn't real active, but I just didn't believe in God. There was nothing bigger than humans in the universe to me. Went through college and uh, stumbled and struggled. It wasn't all uh, abysmal. (laughs) It wasn't abysmal at all, but, but it was, it was a real bumpy road. I was uh, introduced to pornography early in my teens and got sucked into that in a really big way. Fleshly pleasures were really a large in my family. And I was captivated by that. Um, and also, I also, you know, part of started with my parents, I actually started before my parents' divorce, but, but, uh, their divorce deepened in me, a, an anger that just kept growing because I looked around and I felt like people should be doing differently than they were. And they mm. certainly said that they were going to do differently than they were, but they didn't. And, and it just didn't, it just wasn't right to me. And I was really, really angry uh, inside. And, and this was, this, I, I didn't come out much because I was so concerned about it being so big that it would, uh, that I would do something really, really terrible. I met someone who recognized some of that. And, uh, and and she said, you need to talk to my mom, who's a therapist. And that's how I ended up in New England. Her mom was up there. And this oh. therapist introduced me. She, she wasn't, to my knowledge, isn't yet a Christian, but she introduced me accidentally. Well, not accidentally. She didn't mean to. Well, she told me, Brian, take your anger to the trees. And I'm like, what are you kidding me? But this tree here that I'm going to talk to, has other trees that it talks to, and those trees talk to other trees, and those trees talk to other trees, and all the trees in the world, there's enough of them that they can handle my anger, and maybe they were the only thing it could. What happened, so I was around when I was 25, and what happened, Mike, is it it cracked the nut for me that there's something bigger than me, and it led to, an occasion when I was at a, a, a non-denominational, I'd, I'd gone to a business conference with some friends that I had just not, they weren't friends yet. They were people, my family, my siblings had met them. So I was there and <clears throat> trying to get to know them as well as trying to impress them. There was just a non-denominational after Sunday, Friday and Saturday were the conference Saturday morning was uh, was a non-denominational optional Christian worship service. And I'm thinking, yes, I get to sleep in, but then one of my brothers said, well, everyone's going. You need to come. I'm like, OK, I got to I got to impress these people. So I went and it was uh, I grew up in the south where there were altar calls and people talked about Jesus.
0: And I wanted yeah. nothing
1: to do with it because it was all remember, it was all to my mind. It was all invented. Right. Um, and uh, so I, I'll, it was it's a wonderful story because I was resistant. I didn't want to be there. And, and there were probably 500, probably more than that people there. But but doggone it, Mike, it, it was like the, the pastor and the host just kept saying, well, Brian, you're like I was the only person they were talking to. Um, and I was holding on to the edge of my chair while they did the altar call because I just wasn't going to go down there to impress the people I was with. There's just no way. I mean, I'll show up at a, at a goofy worship service, but I'm not going to go down and commit my life to Christ just to impress someone. Right. And uh I, I did actually I'm really glad I did this, but but uh I said, Lord, if you exist, and I'm not sure that you do, and I don't think I called him Lord, I think I said God, you need to do something that is unmistakable to me. That I know you exist and and that you know, like if that if you want me down there, you gotta do something big. Well he did. He in my anger inside my heart and my head, everywhere inside, I I had probably committed murder. I had beat people up. I mean, I didn't do it any physically, but I I had committed like probably every sin, not to mention denying God. He forgave me for all of that. He didn't forgive me for all of my sins necessarily, but he he took away, he told he said, Brian, I'm forgiving you for all of the sins you committed against those people. And and he didn't do it in those words, but suddenly there was a peace and that in a freedom and a lightening, I did not know I was carrying that much of a load. And I, it was just an unequivocal. I had to go down and answer the altar call. And and I was reluctant to, to, to be there. I was reluctant to do it. So for a while, I described I me, mean, that was when I was 29 years old. I was, I, I call myself a reluctant born again Christian. Because there was a time when I was just, there's no way I'm going to be a born again Christian. Oh, They're like fruitcakes. Well, I'm one of those fruitcakes. So in the the nice thing at that service they they said, real clear, you know, you need to, you need to associate with like-minded people, find a church and go to it. Don't you know like doesn't matter what church it is as long as they preach Christ. You go need ahead. to read books to know God better. Read your Bible, uh, and and there's a lot of stuff at that time. There wasn't the internet, <clears throat> and I think we were doing CDs. We were just in the early age of CDs. So they said there's tapes and there's CDs. Listen to people who are preaching about God, and listen to the radio of people who are preaching about God. Because you need to learn as much as you can. And I slowly got started on it because, like I said, it was unequivocal. And as much as I would have liked to kept sleeping in Sunday mornings and and uh, do other things, I could not deny that God had that God existed because He had done something. Uh, and I and I responded, and and uh, slowly over time uh he
0: continued he <laughs> to change me yeah well I mean, <laughs> that's an interesting story and and uh, i hate to say this but you know old satan he he loves to cause us to still sleep in on something on sunday mornings and i think that's the that's the, got to be some one of the hardest mornings for us to get up sometimes and we need to but we need to do that well brian i know that you have a heart for men right there at your local church uh up in Central North Carolina, because I know I see you on the uh, NCMM calls. Uh, for those of you who don't know the NCMM, I guess I need to explain that to you, the National Coalition of Ministry to Men. We have our those calls about every two weeks, basically on average, twice a month, uh, where we get together and fellowship and talk about some things. But uh, you're on those calls when you can. And so I know you have a heart for men. How did you, how did you get involved in ministering to men? Well,
1: I'm going to... Again, and I'm going to summarize as best I can. This is this is one of the <clears throat> the what I recognize as a steel cable. At 29, I was born again. I started going. I was very uncomfortable being a Christian, uh, and I didn't I I didn't want to be uncomfortable in church mm-hmm. so, it, any more than being a born-again Christian. So I went to a, an Episcopal church. The Lord actually led me to one. Is it it's I won't because there's just so many little details on here of just how God has, open things along the way and that's what I called it cuz I look back I'm like gosh it's unmistakable in the time of it I'm like I don't know where I'm going to put my foot okay I'll go here but the 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 service the pattern of the service and the pattern of the year was was familiar was familiar to me cuz I was I'd grown up in that mm-hmm. pattern mm-hmm. and so in the midst of being uncomfortable hearing about God and learning about God he gave me a place to to have some comfort i was there for 7 years and uh, he began to, he prompted me to serve, prompted me to start giving, uh, and, uh, but after seven years, I, I was, the church and I were going in opposite, that church and I were going in opposite directions, and I uh, had learned about some other folks, so I, I changed churches, and uh, within a, a month or two, Oh, well, the pastor passed around a clipboard and said, we've got a great men's morning Bible study. Some of y'all men can't make it. If you want to sign up for an evening Bible study, do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so there were seven of us that signed up, and he said he was going to arrange it and get do the first get together. But he said, well, I got a full schedule. One of y'all take this and run with it. And after <laughs> about three weeks, no one called. So I said, well, if I want a Bible study, I better do something. So I started up and it was just me and another guy and of all things we started with Romans and somewhere along in there I went to we a, a Man in the Mirror conference the uh, one that was led by Rod Cooper was in the area you know so I'm a single guy and someone said hey we the bunch of us guys going to this conference uh, for men you want to come I'm like uh yeah because I had nothing better to do thank the lord so I went and some things there grabbed me and probably within 2 months it was a small church. There maybe were seventy-five or eighty people going, or uh, yeah, probably would have been that many. It was growing; wasn't wasn't growing too fast, but it was growing. And after a couple of months, the pastor said, "Well, we need someone who's going to organize a men's ministry. You you seem to have a heart for this, Brian. Why don't you do it?" <laughs> My first thought was, "Are you kidding me?" But then it's like, "Well, I mean, what else am I going to do?" Because I told uh, so like, "Yeah," and I did have you know because. What I left out is that, is that by that time there were easily three men who had made time to speak into my life consistently, right, sit down right, and have a cup of coffee. Right. Um, and they spoke boldly to me. They spoke clearly to me. They, they spoke gently when they needed to. And, uh, and so it was really clear that, that, uh, you know, that, that men being men for God made a difference, uh, and they, they made a difference for me. So uh, take that, and I, it goes along. I, we ran retreats. We had a Sunday, a Saturday morning uh, monthly breakfast. We did uh, Bible studies, and after about, um, I guess, in about seven years, the, the leadership of the church had a split, and uh, uh, God started taking away bits and pieces of the, of the ministry. And, and, and I, I, I kind of caught it after the second or third piece. And I said, Lord, what are you doing? He didn't say anything. And then the final piece was finally gone. And I said, all right, God, like what, what's up? You know, what are, what am I going to do now? And he said, well, it's time for you to be a better father and a better husband. He never turned off my interest in, in men and particularly men in the church. Uh, I'm, I'm, someone's told me that I'm what they would, could be called a, an inside evangelist in a way. So jumping forward another, a few another years when we get to North Carolina and, uh, he didn't open the door right away. we were getting situated, getting the kids going and, and, and then slowly the Lord opened the door. There was this guy that was talking to me about something. I'm in a church that there hasn't been a strong men's ministry. Uh, there was, is was a great youth ministry and that was the primary reason why we stayed. We started in it because uh, the only friends that we knew in the area, or the best friends we knew in the area, were, were in this church. Yeah. It's a, it, um, and uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a Bible-centered, Christ-centered church. Just over time, there was one little thing and another thing. That I guess, the, so, so two things happened within the last three, four years. One October, it was, it was another October, I was complaining, Lord, the men in the church aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. And God said, well, yeah, but are you? Which was obvious I mean, like the answer was obvious. I, well, actually, my answer was no. And then the follow on was obvious, like we'll do something. So I started. I started paying attention to, to hearing when men were hurting and then talking about getting together and uh, two or three over time picked up. And then uh, there was a guy that was started a group of five. We looked at uh, a navigator book, Mallory's book, uh, The Ways of the Alongsider. And that has just led to one thing after another. A year ago, actually, at the uh, the event you did, I think it was David Dusick, uh, had three guys join me from our church down there. And uh, the next morning, one of the guys uh, said, "Hey, there isn't much happening for men in our church. You want to do something about that?" I said, "Yeah." Um, and so he and i have been doing that it's it's getting slowly going but you know i you know how it is mike you look back and you go like whoa the path is like abundantly clear but even that saturday when 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 we came down there i had no idea that the next day he was going to say hey there's a problem we got here you want to do something about it and it's a problem that's been aching me ever since i walked in the door so that's amazing so so imagine how god works sometimes yeah. And, and man in the mirror has been huge in my life for me so yeah. uh the navigators and the man in the mirror are, are, are really big ministries i you know, iron sharpens iron in new england uh i i uh, uh, was it has been big so the, the man on man life on life discipleship you know paul on timothy and paul with titus as models has been really uh key for me and it's just uh,
0: embedded in in uh, I, I don't see any better way yeah that well you mentioned something earlier about two or three guys getting together what what you know and, and it's amazing how sometimes that works how how that pulls together because you're, you're wondering about asking guys to join you on a particular study whether it be a, an actual study of the of the book of the bible or, or a particular book that somebody has written that covers a particular topic that the bible talks a lot about why is it you think, from your experience, what you've seen as a local church men's minister leader, it's difficult to get men to want to join those types of groups? What do you think that is? You're touching on something I've
1: been thinking more about. It's actually a question I've asked a lot because when because my life isn't an example, I yeah. look back and go, Why is it that this is so important to me, and I don't see other guys, you know? doing stuff. Well, one of the reasons is that we tend to be kind of quiet. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there, yeah. there are occasionally the guys who will do big stuff. And I, I have having done the men's ministry uh, bit, I've had some guys say, Hey, you've done this. Why don't you do it in our church? The problem is, is that I spend most of my time and my energy talking to the leaders above me, convincing them to, that, that we should do something and then spend a lot of time organizing I don't have any time or energy left for men and my heart is is for the men, but I'm not answering your question. I'm going to get to that. I am coming to think more and more that they're a compelling reason. Jesus Christ is our Lord and savior is a compelling reason, but how does that show up in my life? You know, like, mm. what is that? What does that show up like? You know, we're in a time when, when for some of us it's more obvious than, than ever. I'm thrilled that, that, uh, that Mike, by the grace of God, in conversations that He prompted me to have with my kids, they are better armed to deal with the insanity of uh, of the the gender dysphoria and all that. But there are other men that that, that aren't. And I think sometimes I think Dusick had a good point about this. One, if if a guy can't recognize that Jesus himself and, and active in his life gives him a compelling reason to know more and to learn more. Uh, maybe a friendship will, mm-hmm. um, you know, one guy and, and, and that, and, and like I said, that was one of the things that helped me. There was a guy, I, there was a Bible study that, that uh, I had uh, uh, helped one fellow. There was a guy that wanted to organize a Bible study in Copley square. And I had put down that I want, that I wanted to, to, to help out. I was one of two, two people, and he said, hey, Brian, you know, how about you help with this? And so I started organizing and he passed it to someone else who passed it to someone else. Well, that guy who passed it to someone else was a, a, a navigator ministry in Australia. Come back home for a time. He was on a, a long term time assignment while some of his kids were doing certain schooling. And, and we, so he's leading, I'm organizing. And he goes, Brian, let's get together for a cup, you know, like a muffin or something, 30 minutes before the Bible study. I'm figuring, well, we'll just get to know each other a little bit. It'll be fun. But, and, and he, and, and we did it once and I thought, Well, that's going to be it. Well, he did it again and again. And before I knew it, I looked up. I'm like, he's building into my life mm-hmm. and he's, he's encouraging me. And, 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 and I gave him, permission to 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 speak into things. Like he'd ask, he'd ask questions, like not just where is your walk with God, which is actually a really good one, but uh, you know, how how are things going with your wife? Is is is, you know, are are y'all doing a family Bible study? And 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 those there's not pat answers. There's not one answer we have to have, but but having a man who is going to ask the question and then sit and listen while I talk it out. And I'm finding as I as I get as I get in this and do it more, you know, and actually do that, you know, there are men that are willing to talk. I'm still surprised when I run across a guy who doesn't. But I, I think that those I think that the friendship it makes, you know, gives a guy a compelling. If you don't have anything else and, and there's, you know, we don't have enough time to go into all the things that, that I, I recognize. Some, some as an example, and I'm sorry if I'm going on really long some guys that's okay in, I, yeah I think some guys get caught up in pornography or some other mm-hmm. kind of fleshly pleasure addiction eating uh drinking and and it is so normalized in our society and it is so normalized around us they have this nagging thought I shouldn't be doing this I, you know there's there's not something not not right but they don't understand how terrible it is. And I say that having I haven't I didn't I haven't been a boozer, but chocolate and sweets and pornography. I'm there. And yeah, one of the things that's made a huge difference for me, Mike, and this is something I don't know how to talk to guys. I mean, how to really as I'm not good at helping guys to to take time and get to know the Lord better through reading the word. But the more I read the Bible. Um, and, and I, the last few years, my primary input from the Bible has been listening to it because, um, it's tough many days to find time to sit down, but I'll drive somewhere and I'll listen to it or I'll get started at work and I'll be listening to it. And I've listened through it several times. Every time I listen to it, he highlights something else new and I get to knowing better and, and more of it makes more sense of the rest of it. And, and I just, know more and more the, the the my creator and not just my creator all of us and and what he put into that when he has made us and 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 the the, the love and the grace that he gives us and it it just well it it, it, it gets in my heart and and I can't not do something and I'd love to just see more men caught like that.
0: Uh, uh, well, Brian, we're coming up on our time, man. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's kind of weird how how we get into, a, into a talking and listening and sharing and our time kind of flies by a little bit. I want to give you an opportunity because Brian is a, for you guys listening, Brian is your local man in a local church. And I know a lot of you are just in your local church trying to do the best you can with your men. Or wondering what can I do with my men in my local church. And Brian is a prime example of someone in the local church that has a heart for his men. And he's beginning to develop those intentional relationships with each of their his guys in the church and getting them to understand the importance of having that camaraderie, if you want to say, of encouraging one another in their walk with Christ. And so Brian, I want to I want to give you one minute. if you could keep it one minute to uh, just give a final thought, why it's so important for us to minister to the men of our church, not just from the standpoint of a pastor speaking into their life from a platform or being in a small group where you're uh, 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 with couples, so to speak, but one man to another, one man to another. Why is that so important? I don't think I'm the only guy who, uh, wakes
1: up or, or at any point during the day looks up and, uh, it just burdened, uh, what the house needs, what the yard needs, what the car needs, uh, uh, how are the children doing? Uh, there's a huge list of people to pray for. I got to make sure and date my wife. Ways in which uh, the intimacy in marriage, and, and emotional, mental, spiritual, conversational, as well as sexual intimacy, mm-hmm. can suffer, and and it 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 just makes strains on us. And um, the comfort of God in the face of all of that struggle, and and His ability to put it into perspective and to encourage us is real. Right. And I don't think many of us know that, um, but the, the that we can have it and that we can help other men to find that it doesn't take away all of the to-dos, but it puts them in perspective and it gives us help and hope as we walk forward and live in living our lives.
0: Amen. Amen. Brian, I appreciate you being with me today. Uh, you, it's you've a pleasure, shared Mike. a lot. Yeah, but you you've shared a lot, and and hopefully some men will see that. You know, I'm no different than Brian. I can I can do what Brian's doing, guys. If you're listening to this, and God's put on your heart uh, something to do with men, and you don't think you can do it, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Yeah. Uh, God, yeah just- God will. God will. God will give you the 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 uh, wherewithal so to speak as we like to say sometimes to accomplish the calling he has placed on your life and all it takes is maybe tapping on the shoulder that's the reason why this podcast is called tap on the shoulder Definitely. is the importance of one man tapping on the shoulder of another man and i enjoy inviting him to to uh breakfast inviting him to go to the coffee shop inviting him to to attend uh, maybe a conference like brian was sharing a few moments ago about him and some of his guys going to a conference together then before you knew it these guys were coming to him saying hey we need to do something with our men you just never know what god may do if you just take that one step and and uh invite a man to to join you on the journey thank you brian appreciate you sharing dude uh, you're welcome Mike you're absolutely right take the one step and let the Lord
1: show you where it leads you don't have to know
0: just take the next step <laughs> amen well, thank folks, it's,
1: it's been a pleasure Mike
0: well I, it's a pleasure it's been a pleasure getting to know you over the last several years and I really do so but I for those of you that are listening I thank you for listening to the shoulder tap podcast the podcast is a production of cake Fear men it's a ministry a men's ministry coalition located in Southeast North carolina and and i would encourage you if you would to please leave a comment about this program uh it helps us as we develop more programming inviting more guests on to uh, help you as men to fight the battle for men's souls but now i want to leave you with this blessing i want to pray that god will give you a rock to stand on a brook to drink from and a tree to shake you once again this is mike salen saying god bless and i hope you'll join us again on the next shoulder tap podcast.